Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win it real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. And speaking of life and real life, I, like many of you, have recently finished A Year in the Life, the Gilmore Girls revival that hit Netflix the day after Thanksgiving. I don't know how you watched it, but I was up at 3 a.m. with my mom watching um, the first two. Then we took a little break. Then we watched the third. We took a little break and watched Fall, which was the finale. We heard the faded final four words, but we're going to talk a little bit about the revival today, specifically Rory, who, like so many millennials after college, is a hot mess. And if you haven't watched the revival and you're not a spoilers person, I can't guarantee that this is a spoilers-free podcast. So just turn it off and turn it back on after you've watched the revival. But I've invited two super fans from my office, both of whom have been on the show before. Laura Shocker, who's the executive editor of RealSimple.com. Hi, Laura. Hi, Sam. Who claims that the Gilmore Girls are basically her family, correct? They are. They've been part of my life for a long time. I think longer than yours. Right. Well, so Laura's claim to fame is she is 30 years old and... 31. You're 31? I am 31. Surprise. (laughs) Okay. So Laura is the oldest here and she watched them live. You know, on TV. So that's really exciting. Before DVR. Before DVR. (laughs) She watched it in her log cabin before electricity. So Laura's 31 here, watched it live. Congrats, Laura. But I also watch it every night on Netflix before I go to sleep. I watch it. You know, we pretty it, much watch it. We watched, yeah. I assume, all of us here. We also have Sarah here, who was one of our Thanksgiving orphans. Hello. Did you watch it live? You watched season yeah, seven I live? Yeah, I did. Oh. I was, I was How grown old are back you? then. 27. Oh, I'm the baby. I watched it live, and I taped them so with did a I. VHS, and I would watch them over and over again, and I had the DVDs, except for season seven. Did you watch season one live? Yeah. Mm, yes. Do you remember, do the, remember that. the week when they did like a back-to-back episode and they didn't warn us during the holidays and then I didn't VCR it? What? Just me? No, I don't I'm really st- remember that I'm still scarred by it. I was watching Elmo probably when you two were watching that. <laughs> you weren't even born probably. I was born, but I wasn't quite at Gilmore Girls. I watched seasons six and seven live, I think, um, but mm. didn't really... I watched all the DVDs. My friend had all the DVDs. Yeah, and I got I the watched, DVD box set. And I actually still think I have a DVD of hers. Lauren, I still have your season one of your DVDs from season three. I told you I didn't, but I found it when I was home over Thanksgiving break. So I'm sorry. But we're digressing, much like Lorelai and Rory do, right. which is fine. But I want to talk to fellow millennials, although now I'm realizing I'm the youngest here, about Rory. Because when we meet her... In Gilmore Girls, she's type A, super successful. There is not a break she doesn't catch. I mean, she gets into Chilton. She gets into every um, Ivy League school in the world. She gets valedictorian. She's valedictorian. She after, gets it all paid for. Gets everything paid for. Gets a car. Comes home on the weekends. Gets her laundry done for her. She is, she gets the guy. Gets all Multiple the guys. guys. Mm-hmm. Every guy. Even if she talks about urine mints on a date, she gets the guy. <laughs> she. I mean, the, the list goes she on and on. the best friend. Every, everyone's world revolves around her. She's the lead pilgrim in all the festivals. And then we meet her again 10 years later in the revival, and her life has totally fallen apart. And she's lost, and she's a freelance journalist, and all of us are in media, too. So I think it hit a couple extra chords, struck a couple extra chords with us. And she doesn't know what she wants to do, and she doesn't have a plan, and she doesn't have a pro-con list, and she didn't remember to label her boxes, and she just feels so spiraled out of control to me and so i thought that she would be a good person to talk about today not only of what of ourselves we saw in her but also just 
how accurate we think this representation of like a lost, sad millennial really is. Because I know we have some mixed feelings. I think most of us are not really team Rory in general. I'm not. I'm team Lorelai. I think Rory's kind of annoying. I was. I think I still am. Team Rory? Yeah. I don't know. I really liked her in the, the series, in the original series. I think we could still be Team Rory. I think you can go through a hard time and still be Team somebody. All right, I hate her, but I think that's totally fair if you like her. I think when she cut her hair in like season three or four, she became pretty selfish and horrible. But that's that's neither here nor there. She's had her moments, but I'm still I'm still rooting for her, and I don't like the way that we left her. I texted you and I said, I feel like I just hung up on the phone on my friend and I just want to make sure she's still okay. So what were your impressions when we met her in the revival and she was like, you know, back with Logan and cheating on someone and flying back and forth to London, which is not realistic and didn't really have a good job and didn't really have any direction. And what, like, what were your impressions of her? Were you disappointed? A yeah. lot of people were. I was disappointed. Also, confession, you guys know this, but I am unabashedly Team Logan. <laughs> it's a controversial worst thing about to you, have, honestly. But I was disappointed with their storyline. She just I, that's for another all podcast, the... but yeah. um I think a lot of things were forgotten about. And well, I don't think it totally is because I thought that Rory had grown from the cheating with Dean yeah. scandal. I thought that she'd had her her cheating moment and I thought that she Lorelai was so mad. Yeah, and I thought that she she had grown and and I think that she's like clearly disassociated from it and, yeah. and she's like trying to act. Well, so here's what I think is interesting. And here's why it's funny because I feel like I relate to Rory more now in some ways that she's feeling really lost because I will say there's something about like when you hit that little crisis point after graduating that you repeat some mistakes from your younger years and you're like, oh, wait, I've done this. Like, didn't I learn from this? I've had moments like that where I've had fights that I when I go home for the holidays, I have fights with my sister. And I'm like, oh, we already did this when I was 15 or I've 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 definitely had things that I can understand that if you're going through crisis point, you try to go back to what's familiar. And for her, that was Logan. And I don't think that she, I mean, she's a, I think she's a horrible person, but the cheating thing didn't register for her because she's spiraling so much. Um, and we should say Rory's 32. So she's actually close to you, Laura. So maybe, Laura, you're headed for. Um, you think I'm headed for a trajectory? Thanks maybe a lot. Maybe you're headed for, for a downward spiral, a crisis. Thanks, guys. You know, I actually thought about that a lot. That Rory and I have always been really close in age. Her birthday's in October. My birthday's in October. You know, we're basically the same. But I, I thought that a lot. That I felt like people were like, "She's young. She's part of the thirty-something crowd." But I thought that she just needed to get it together a little bit more. Like I thought. It's that funny. She, I think they wrote her younger than she actually was supposed yeah. to be. Like I think Amy wrote her like she was a 25-year-old. Yeah. And I have to remind myself that she's 32 in the revival. She didn't feel like somebody who was my friend. Like, when she showed up to a job interview unprepared, when she... Like, that felt like maybe something, maybe, that you do at your first job interview. Mm -hmm. But it felt totally unrealistic to me. But I think that it's so funny because that's how she went through her whole life, though. Charmed. She... She didn't need to do that much. And she got into Chilton. And she didn't have to do anything except returned to school and she became editor-in-chief of the Yale Daily News. She was late and started school halfway through, but somehow became valedictorian. And I know we saw her studying a lot, but we don't have evidence that she was some kind of like rock star Right, I mean, a deer hitter and then everything turned around. Right, exactly. (laughs) She had a charmed life. And so 
I can see why I liked that the entitlement was back that she like showed up to a job and she was like, well, don't you want the Rory Gilmore at your website? It's like, no. Right. The Rory Gilmore voice. It's like, what voice? I don't know. We haven't Sarah, you it. look distressed. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about I'm still thinking just about everything. But also, like, if she was built up so much, like she was coddled so much, like by well, her mom, grandparents, whole town loved her. Yeah. So is this like her kind of come face? Up in, yeah. Is this like I think this is the revenge on Rory. You know? I think that's what this revival also could be called. Like which welcome I appreciate. to the real world. Right. Well, did so here's what's funny is the three of us were talking about did you have these moments of feeling lost after graduating or or I know Rory's 32, so far after graduating. And you guys don't seem like you had I said I feel lost every other week. People on this podcast who listen to this podcast know every single time someone comes <laughs> on, I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm doing and I have no direction. So you guys don't you guys seem a lot more confident. So maybe that's why I have a little more sympathy for Rory's situation. Well, I feel like we feel lost we have probably felt all lost at one point in our lives i got lost coming here but in a different (laughs) way like i was saying before you guys like i think since we both we all work and we're happy to have full-time jobs in journalism that it's kind of like a different struggle i think and i mean i definitely felt lost after college um like right after graduating i took this job that was wasn't in the journalism industry and just because it was being offered to me and nothing was being offered to me at the time and it was making it was good money and then I got another offer from like an actual like site that wanted to hire me and then I so I quit that job and I definitely did a pulled a Rory I guess (laughs) but I think but then at that point I thought it was the end of the world I was like letting people down and I was making a rash decision and going from making this much money to to a journalist salary um and we all know how that is and so it was definitely like a really hard struggle for me the first year out of college working and trying to figure out like is this what I want to do and I'm poor and help and I think we all flounder Rory has no concept of what it means to have no money it seems like right and i think that i've definitely felt lost and and made mistakes and and felt like those mistakes were the end of the world or like i took a wrong turn or did something that wasn't the right decision but what feels missing to me with rory is the sense that it's important the fact that she falls Mm -hmm. asleep during a an interview for a story or that she like where were her pro con lists or where was I know, her, she lost all of her like her drive. gumption. Yeah, yeah. Like I just felt like she didn't care. And I think that it's totally fine to feel lost or to feel like you made a mistake, but it felt like she hadn't like made mentors along the way or like people she could yeah. talk to about where it, she it really is. did. It seemed like what? she has not met one single <laughs> right. new person in ten what years. To, like that guy that hired her at well at the end of season seven, the he, Stanford Gazette guy, right? No, the guy that hired her for the Obama to go campaign. On the Obama campaign. He was like sort of her mentor. I know, and Obama's still president, so you would think that maybe she would be part of that, right? I think that there's a disconnect too because. Amy didn't write Dan season seven. You mean this isn't seven. real life? <laughs> and no. like it's what? been said in multiple interviews that they didn't re- they didn't watch season seven. I know. So yeah, you could tell. I think we have to suspend, suspend belief. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I do want to know what was she doing between For ten years? Yeah, she didn't meet. She has no friends, which she's never had friends. Right. But she made no. She continued she to have no new all. friends. Okay, so let's talk about 
and Laura, now that now that I realize you're really a 30 something, talk to me about how you felt about the 30 something gang, which is for people who haven't watched the revival or need a refresher. It's the group of real weird, overeager, preppy blondes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they always have to be blondes to be 30 something, but this time they were who moved back home and drank milkshakes for a living. Right out of with the straws and with the straws and some sort of some sort of yeah I routine. missed that reference I too. did too. <laughs> um, I mean I think that there's definitely I don't think it's just thirty somethings I think it's twenty and thirty somethings but I guess they had to make it Rory's age but there's definitely this stigma of moving back home of being back that that kept coming up and she kept saying I'm not back even though c- clearly she was the most back I mean she was. Working at the Stars Hall Gazette with no salary. Yeah. Um, which somebody needs to talk to Rory about her negotiation skills. <laughs> Maybe she really? should listen they to your podcast. Even pay her in like free ice cream from Taylor's or something. I don't know. No. That, no. That Rory was... has no. But like, of course, she was like, yeah, I don't need I don't need to make money because Luke's just going to give me all the free food and Lorelai's just going to let me move back in and and I'll steal the corn starch if I need it. So like, she doesn't <laughs> even need money. She is so bizarre to me. Anyway, I interrupted you. No, I mean, I think that that she just was a, you know, there's there's clearly I don't have the stats on me, but there is this influx boomerangs. Of, you know, boomerangs of people moving back home. And I think that I don't have any great insight about it. I moved back home for a small amount of time after I graduated. And I think that there is this fear that you're not going to get back out. And um, we don't know if Rory is or not. And I think she will. So. And it reminds me of something. Our, my producer, I'm going to totally give credit to Jordan Bell, who's the producer of this show, who brought up that that thirty something gang is a parallel to when Lorelai in season two or season three, an early season, I think Rory was still at Chilton, went to back to Stars Hollow High to give the speech about what she does for a living. It got totally derailed by people asking about. Rory and getting pregnant at 16 and then a group of blondes comes after Lorelai and it's like Lorelai's version of the 30-something gang. That is such a great point. I mean, I think to me the 30-something gang I look at is like what a lot of my friends and like my millennials are like very scared of. Mm-hmm. That like you're not going to go anywhere with your life kind of or you're going to hit a snag or a roadblock that you can't get over or you're just going to have to, you know, you can't make it so you're just going to have to move back home. Right. Like, I saw a lot of anxiety. Like Rory brought up a lot of anxieties. For they were me. like a physical manifestation yeah. of like a deep rooted fear that yeah. we have. But I mean, a lot of stuff that Rory brought up was very I mean, her, aside from her being a terrible person where I have to feel like, OK, that won't totally be me because I have to imagine I'm a better person than Rory is. Her feeling of I'm lost. I don't have a, pl- a five year plan. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know what my romantic situation is. And even though I'm 25 and she's 32, just that whole period of 20s to 30s where you feel like you need to have every single possible thing figured out already and ready to go, I can relate to and not having that yet. But 32, you don't have to have a plan. She still has time. But that's what I'm saying is that I think the pressure is that you do. I think that out there and the books you read and many of the shows you read, social media, is that you do have to have a plan because that's what anyone will ask you is like, what's your five-year plan? Or people always are like, oh you work it real simple like is so you so you want to be like an editor-in-chief and i'm like i don't know maybe or maybe not or maybe i want to do something else or maybe i want to learn how to cook or and they're like do you want to live in new york forever and i'm like i have that's so a lot for me 
But you, I don't, Laura, you said, Laura, that you've always known what you want to do and gone after and gotten it. But I think that's really unusual. I think that there's a lot of time left in forever and you could change your mind. I just don't understand how you know what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a talk for a different time. But I, I have, I mean, I feel like I have always had a goal to be working toward and I don't. I feel like I have always related to Rory in that way, that we've always had the same goal, which is to be a journalist. Um, so it was a little bit hard to see her floundering in this way because um, I didn't relate to her. Um, but she does still kind of have the same underlying goal, but I, I didn't relate to the way that she was going about it, which was to be falling asleep and to be unprepared for a job interview. And it didn't I feel know, like Amy's the Rory really not helping the like millennial stereotype here. Yeah, right. she turned her into like, a millennial a ster- stereotype. Yeah, like she moves back home. She's a slacker. She's, she's entitled. entitled. <laughs> yeah. Jinx. We have real feelings about that. Yeah. That's, I think I felt the a little. Entitlement. She was I, entitled uh, with a capital E. Yeah. She, I felt a little betrayed by that, that for so long she was the smart one, the driven one. The reader. The reader. And then she came back and I was like, wow, this is what everyone says about us. But she like, has three phones. Mm-hmm. Who needs three phones? How many times does she need to be like brought down? Because I feel like during the original series, she was brought down a lot. Like every time do she'd you? do poorly on a test, she would remember in season four when she got that bad grade or whatever and had that breakdown. And Lorelai was having that breakdown the same episode. Yeah, but I don't. I think that whenever she was brought down, it was personal and it was dumb. And then Logan's <laughs> dad being like. You ain't got it. And then, that was pretty bad. But she also did some pretty bad things, like writing that review about the ballerina where she body shamed her. Like, that was pretty awful. And she never, I don't, I don't feel think like she had, had as many consequences as she could have. When you think about your own life and like the peaks and valleys you've hit, I don't think Rory had a lot of peaks and valleys. I think she had peaks and like what's smaller than a valley? Feel meadows and beautiful like peaks and meadows yeah (laughs) beautiful things right i just didn't instead of rocky times right i just felt like we saw so many extremes and there's it's hard to relate to but what i really think we should talk about speaking of things getting derailed and a serious valley and this is a major spoiler because we're about to talk about the final four words so get away if you haven't heard that i don't know if i'm ready for this also if you haven't if you don't know what the final four words are and you've been on the internet in the last couple of weeks, kudos to you. Yeah. Let me know how you yeah. do that. She's pregnant. Yeah. So what how what was your reaction to that? I was first of all, I guess like I was so transfixed, I didn't even realize we were coming up on the last four words. So I we had to like Really? Well, yeah. I counted every single exchange from the minute they were sitting in the gazebo. Oh. Like I, the minute they sat down, I was counting like was is that four? Is that four? Yeah, I, you could tell on Netflix. It says like two minutes left. Oh. Oh, I didn't see it coming. And so then they said it and then it went to black. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. So we had to rewind and watch again. I got up. My roommate and I were watching it. We got up from our couch. We were yelling and screaming. I like tried to rip my hair out. I threw my throw pillow on the ground. That's what throw pillows are for. Yeah. And um, yeah, we had to rewatch it. But that's a real, crazy. I feel like that's like the ultimate consequence for how much she didn't care and didn't pay attention and didn't not that getting well, you pregnant don't know is that. a consequence. Well, and it could have like like not to make it science class, but not all birth control is 100 percent effective. So we don't know that she wasn't being careful. I guess that's fair. It was I all just the hope time. it's not the Wookiee. Maybe the time zones. I don't think really it was the Wookiee. Up. All the time zones could have <laughs> messed her up. Yeah, yeah. You don't know when to take it. 
Yeah, I just don't think that we should we should like shame her for that. We don't have all the information. Okay, fair, fine, Laura, fine. Okay, but what like what where do you see her going from here? So you're already lost. You already moved back home. You're already totally at the what you think is rock bottom, and then this hits. Like now, where do you go from here? Where would you want your version of Rory to go from here? I think that this just gives her more purpose now. Right. She has to take care of a kid. I have no idea. I haven't seen. Hopefully it'll push her in the right direction and like make her know what sacrifices, like what you make, what sacrifices you make as a parent, which I feel like. Yeah, she has no concept of sacrifice right now. My fear is that the entitled version of Rory is just going to drop this kid off. It'll be Luke and Lorelai's de facto kid that she'll keep dropping in on Logan, that she'll take money from him. She'll take money from her grandma. She'll take money from her rich dad like it'll just be one more source for yeah, her yeah because i yeah, think i worry really that she's struggle. doing the same thing with the book that she did with that one stupid new yorker piece she wrote <laughs> where she's going to be yeah, like they're going to say the pavement story <laughs> oh god no that she wrote this one new yorker piece that she coasted on for 9 years and now she's going to write this book that a no one knows her so who wants to read a memoir about your life that right. no one knows that is like very millennial stereotype <laughs> right that you're like you think you're interesting enough to already so have a self-indulgent maybe if she worked at sandy says and became their top writer. She could have wrote a memoir. Yeah. Right, a memoir at 31. <laughs> yeah. Like you have had to have something really dramatic happen to you to write a memoir at 31. Yeah, I'm very curious what the last 32. chapter. Of- she's 32. We've made her me. She's, <laughs> she's 32. Laura's starting to really identify. <laughs> um, I hope that her book doesn't get published and she has to get a real job and be a real person. She and she goes to teach. I think I don't know why she was so against teaching. I thought that was so right. aggravating. Right. She and Laura, you're a learning. teacher. You teach journalism. I, I do. One class. Yeah, but still, maybe you and Rory are, maybe Amy based Rory off of you. That's offensive based <laughs> on our, our You're the better version. You're the no, alternate just, universe version. I just mean maybe, maybe her path from now, she's going to go strive for everything you've achieved. Hmm. <laughs> I think... That I was a little bit disappointed, though, because I felt like the whole point of Gilmore Girls was that Lorelai set up this this new path for Rory by giving her all these opportunities and that Rory is now like right. I mean, I know that it's different to be 16 versus 32 and she's just sort of right back at square one where her mom started. And yeah. I'm just a little surprised that yeah. that's the way that they wanted like, to Can't end they it. have different lives? Why does it have to be such a parallel? Yeah. That's a question for Amy, not a question for me. My main thing is I really enjoyed watching another young person feel lost and just like not hit any of the marks. I just thought that was nice. Well, it didn't yeah. frustrate me because I didn't like Rory to begin with. And I just was like, yeah, this is what really happens to people sometimes. Like you don't get the job and you can't find a new job and you don't have an option and at its core, like Rory, extra things aren't relatable. And like we've already said that she did it with money, obviously, and didn't right. have the money struggle. But at its core, just like the to strike out again and again and again, I liked it. I did, too. And I felt like seeing somebody like a, a, a female character who's flawed and complicated and not perfect is always refreshing on TV, mm-hmm. especially when she's in our age group. And. I think to just only see Rory strive and succeed all the time would have been inauthentic. So boring. Which is what we saw for seven years. That's what I'm saying. 
She had one breakdown where she left school and moved into her mansion grandparents' pool house where they redecorated the whole thing for her. And she got to have her boyfriend come over every day. Yeah. I didn't feel bad for her. And she got a Birkin bag. And she got a Birkin bag. What happened to that? The bag? (laughs) (laughs) It's the Why wasn't the bag in the revival? Um, One cameo we're missing. She pawned it. (laughs) But thinking (laughs) about her tickets to London. (laughs) Yeah, which is a whole, that's a whole, talk about another podcast. Um, Since, Laura, like you brought up, it's really refreshing to see someone on TV that's flawed and in our age group. Can you think of other shows that you guys watch that have women our age that are flawed and interesting and complicated that you watch i don't watch as much tv as i probably could i just watch gilmore girls on repeat i watch so much tv um i love good girls revolt um yes and i find that our producer jordan likes good girls revolt too <laughs> you need to watch that you do um and i feel like they are not afraid to show women who aren't perfect, but who are interesting and strong. Who are strong. That's what I like about the women in Good Girls Revolt that I didn't see in Rory, that mm-hmm. these women make mistakes, they cheat, they lie, they sneak around, but ultimately it's in, ultimately it's in pursuit of they want to be seen as equals, they want to be at the table, they want to write, they want to yes. be paid equally. I so I like that. I, I could agree. have I could have used a little more strength from Rory. I agree. She was a little spineless to me. Right. Um, I don't I, even think she got her motivation at the end. No. Like she wrote no. the book, but I yeah. hope that the baby is that opportunity yeah. for her. Yeah, I hope the baby doesn't sleep through the night and she has to stay up for a couple nights in a row. Yeah. Okay, what other women can we think of? Um, I really like Pitch. I don't watch Pitch. Tell us me about neither, Pitch. Um, but I heard it's really good. Pitch is about the first female. <laughs> it's okay, Sarah. You can watch it online, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I've just been wasting my time on Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and The Crown. <laughs> I haven't oh, seen The Crown. That's not a waste. There's a lot, There are a couple corgi sightings, you guys. <laughs> Off topic. Back to Gilmore Girls. Well, <laughs> it's really important to see empowering corgis on TV. It but is, tell us about especially Pitch. Especially if they're female. <laughs> um Pitch is about the first female Major League Baseball player, mm-hmm. and she is, you know, complicated. There are, um, I don't want to give spoilers, but there are some scandals. There are things that she has to face that the male players don't have to face. And um, Zach Morris is the catcher what? from Saved by the Bell. All grown up. I didn't watch Saved by the Bell. Oh, man. Mm, that was a loss for you. <laughs> I would say step one is to binge watch that. <laughs> Probably won't do it, but I appreciate the the idea. Mm-hmm. I th- oh, Sam, you watched Jane the Virgin. I think that that... I do watch Jane the Virgin. So I struggle with Jane because I think things come really easily to her. Mm-hmm. Even though I know that it's a soap opera and like I mean, people are getting murdered left and right in the hotel. Falsely but- artificially inseminated. <laughs> That seems like a bad break. Yeah, but falsely artificially inseminated and the dad happened to be one of the richest people in her community. So the kid can go to whatever. And really cute. Yeah, and gorgeous. (laughs) And so the kid can go to whatever school he wants. The kid gets whatever they want for toys. The mom and the grandma babysit, so she never pays for a babysitter. She got into the writing program she wanted to get into. Right, so she didn't catch every bad break, but she was falsely artificially inseminated. Yeah, I just, I think that, my problem with a lot of TV shows is they have one really big bad break that sets up the show and then and then everything everything else, else is just like it works out and I'm like where's my yeah where's what happens why can't when I go home tonight at seven o'clock I sit down with a glass of wine and reflect on how well my day went like right. I just don't have that right. not to say that 
Laura's my boss. Not to say that I don't have wonderful days every day at work. They're glorious. But <laughs> right. I'm just saying that I, th- things don't work out You go out home and cleanly. think about what a good boss you have. Right. I just am saying that I think I struggle to find TV shows where mm-hmm. it doesn't work out cleanly. I think that there are a lot of flawed women on TV, but I don't know if we would necessarily like look up to them. Like think about like Scandal, like Olivia Pope. Like, yeah, but they're not our She's age. super flawed, but like you don't want to be her. Do I want to be Olivia right. Pope? I don't know. No, I want to see someone in the Rory Jane the Virgin Good Girls of All like, age group who's just figuring things out and and I don't know, probably wouldn't, that's why I don't write shows because that's a probably a boring show. Or like girls, you know, they're Deeply, deeply flawed, but I think that it, it's, I there's them, a lot of just like unlikability there, right? But yeah, I think it's just I don't know. I like the show, but do either of you watch Orange Is the New Black? I haven't watched in a couple seasons. Well, only, there's only been a couple seasons. Well, like I haven't watched since like season two. I finished season two, and then I think you're only one season behind. No, I, there's like four. I think. Oh, maybe I'm behind. Have you watched Laura? I watched the first few episodes, and then it made me too stressed. It is very stressful, but that's a good example of people who really didn't catch a break. Very true. But I liked, those are great examples of people who are, that's a really good case where they're really flawed and you wouldn't automatically think in your head, like, I really identify with and sympathize for people who are in prison. Like, you, mm-hmm. you're, like, the black and white side of your brain goes to, like, you know, if you're in prison, you did something bad. If you're out, you're good. And once you get inside, you find yourself really rooting for them and sympathizing with them and wanting good things for them. And right. you get their, their backstories. Right. And I feel like then you start to realize, like, why they're in prison and why they made the choices that they made and right. all that stuff. That's, I think, there's something that was missing from Gilmore Girls is there was no motivation for any of her choices. Like, we had no indication for why she chose to leave the political side and become a uh, freelance journalist we have no indication for why london or why new york she had an apartment in brooklyn we don't really know why we had no motivation from her right it just felt like she was sort of flailing aimlessly right and that didn't feel very rory like to me it felt like like a millennial caricature yeah that's what i mean that's what we already said is that it felt like amy just played into a bunch of stereotypes that we didn't that I don't want to live up to. That I already spent so much time trying to tell people aren't true. Yeah. And now here we are. You don't, Sam. Thanks, Laura. And um, Sorry. It's also the other thing about like, okay, if she had this story planned or if she had the final four words planned a long time ago, like, was it supposed, was it not supposed to happen when Rory was 32? Was it supposed to happen when Rory I know, was, was she supposed to be 22 years old and pregnant you know, or 25? Not that, that you have to, again, not that you have to have everything all together, but... I don't know. I guess there was a disconnect on like what, again, what happened during right. those 10 years of darkness. We don't know. Darkness. <laughs> True right. darkness. Right. But maybe that would have given her the the drive and the direction that she needed. If it happened earlier? Maybe. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Well, I feel like this it did is... for Lorelai. Yeah. Right. And I do feel like we could talk about this show forever and i asked you guys to come here because it felt like the three of us really needed an outlet to get out we have so many feelings we can't talk about work anymore a lot of our coworkers are annoyed at us (laughs) it's true (laughs) sorry guys um but i mainly just wanted to get you guys here to talk about a complicated irritating flawed millennial that we all grew up with who's now totally spiraling and i think the moral of the story is 
there are other really good millennials that you can watch on TV. But the revival overall, we give thumbs up, right? And I think I, I am Team Rory. I know I, I said in the beginning that I was, but I was kind of afraid because you're giving me a weird look, Sam. I'm, not, but I'm I am. Your back, Sam. I still like. Sarah. I still like Rory. I and don't. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about her. I'm worried about her, she's but fine. she's that friend that you're just like, oh, what am I going to do with you? <laughs> That's fair. But you're still friends with her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't like leaving her in this position. I feel like she's going to be a hundred percent fine. She has rich grandparents, rich she has baby a rich daddy. dad. She has yeah, a rich. But just because you have every resource doesn't mean that you don't have problems and that you're not like emotionally in need of support. And I want to emotionally support my friend Rory. All right. Well, so moral of the story is Sarah and Laura are better people than me, and they're going to emotionally support Rory. And Maybe I'm going to go rewatch Good Girls Revolt. Paris and Lane can help her. Did we have to tell people about what happens to Paris? Paris is the most wonderful person in the whole world. She starts a surrogate empire. Well, as Paris says, statistically, valedictorians are not that successful. <laughs> and she really proved it. I put that on my notes today to talk about. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That we didn't even talk, we didn't even bring you know? up Paris. Lane I don't even think we should talk about Lane because I think her story was totally she thrown looks away. She like mm-hmm. she was happy and whatever. Yeah, I mean, also fine. Not to get technical, but it kind of looked like she was living in Suki's house. But, you know, there's only so many houses in that back lot. (laughs) But Paris, we can talk about as now there's a millennial who started an empire. And I really appreciate that. Same. And she really played to her strengths with the legal and the medical. I think if you're going to look to a role model from the revival, you look to Paris. Yes. She did not with her relationships, though. But I think that's fine. You can split up from your. I'm just going to say that. Think in my mind that she and Doyle got back together. I don't need them to get back together. I am so happy with where she ended up. And she even still had some of the imposter syndrome, though. I mean, you saw that her briefcase was empty. Yeah, and that talk Um, with Francie. And I thought that that was so real where she said, you run this super successful company. You went to Yale. You did all these things. like, And you're still... Like fighting with me in the bathroom. Like why? That's what I was saying way back. It feels like six hours ago when we started talking about it is that when you get put back at home or in old situations, like all you can't control those familiar feelings coming back over you. Like every time I go home, you revert like you revert back to old Mm -hmm. insecurities or you want to like not put on like not really like put on airs but like you want to show people that you have made something for yourself I, for, it's actually so funny it know? totally did not occur to me that paris and rory were the same age because paris has right. herself together so much but more. she still has that um that internal fear that i think so many people have and that i think everybody can relate to of like am i good enough and i've right. done all of this but is it good enough is at any moment is somebody going to look and see that i'm i still have that 16 year old briefcase is mm-hmm. a total metaphor Totally. How did, how did I? I didn't. Even, I haven't even opened the Paris Geller book in my brain yet because I've been so obsessed over Rory and Lorelai. This is a really big miss opportunity. This is a big. Mis- she is the millennial I want to be talking she about. She is the what millennial I want to be. Oh, and she's got the great hair, really yes, good, and outfits. the power dressing. The power dressing. She has two adorable, well-behaved children. And a New York City townhouse. Yeah, that's like five s- stories. Five yes. stories. <laughs> she has a great sense of humor. Um, I don't know if she has a wonderful relationship with her family, but that's okay. Right. And with her nanny, it sounds like. With her, and she's totally confident and wonderful and built some exactly built an empire that played to her strengths mm-hmm. and and figured it right. out. Right. And she still has weaknesses and vulnerabilities. Right. But that's okay. How come Paris never told Rory like 
in the whatever years, 10 years, like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how comparison (laughs) step in? I don't actually don't know. I think because it seems to me like Rory did a really good job of making it seem like she had it under control. Hiding things. Right. I mean, when you're in London most of the time, it seems like you're doing really well. (laughs) Right. And wearing your lucky outfit. And you know, one talk of the town piece can set you up for real success. Yeah. Can I write one of those? Yeah. (laughs) New Yorker, if you're listening, we're available for these magical talk of the town pieces, apparently, that bring you lots of success. Right. You just need one meeting with Condé Nast. Oh, God. So... Okay, new moral of the story. I thought the old moral of the story was Rory's a mess, but the new moral of the story is we should all be like Paris Geller. And I'm really confident ending on that note. She is my new millennial role model. Okay, Paris Geller 2020. Are we allowed to to think that? I think yes. Absolutely. Okay, Paris Geller 2020. She should be your new role model. Please tweet at me at Sam Sabella and let me know what you thought of the revival and how much of a hot mess you thought Rory was. And let me know if you're team Rory or team Paris. I'm team Paris and I hate Rory. What are you, Sarah? Uh, This is stressful because I just said I was team Rory. Mm -hmm. I'm team both. Is that a cop cop out? out? But fine. Uh, uh, It's hard to choose. You are pitting woman against woman. (laughs) (laughs) Busted. (laughs) Listen, I agree with Sarah. I feel like we don't have to pit women against each other. (laughs) I think she said it really well. I think that... um, But no, I think that they both represent different types of millennial women that some people can go through phases where you feel lost for a little while. This is how you know who the 31-year-old boss, like, (laughs) executive leader is in this group and how you know who's the youngest because Sarah did a great job of middle-childing it just now, whereas I'm like, where's the worst? I like parents. And you're doing a great job. You're entitled to your own opinions. Thank you. I think that they they both represent different types of people. And we all... all know the people who have you know gone through a stage where they've moved back home for a little while and that's fine or that person who's super successful but still goes through like the am i good enough fear and i'm rooting for both of them i'm rooting for everybody i'm rooting for stars hollow everybody except for april and on that note (laughs) thank you so much for joining me for another episode of adulthood made easy if you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future tweet them to me at sam zabel and i'll add them to my list I'd like to thank our producer, Jordan Bell. And don't forget, if you're enjoying the show, to rate and subscribe and review it on iTunes. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll see you next time. Bye.